You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And a good hump day, Eagle fans. Show number 60. Nice round number. We've done 60 of these so far, or 59. Today will be the 60th. Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got your Mac and Mac guys to hang with for the next couple hours. I'm Jody McDonald, along with my partner, John McMullen. Johnny Mac, that looks like a nice shirt you got on. What do you got? The logo is just being clipped. No, you got to go the other way. Lean back. So uh, we can lean back. Uh, that just uh, FanRag Sports. I don't know if you remember FanRag. That's who I used to work for. John Heyman used to work for there. A lot of big writers. It was a big deal for a very short period of time. FanRag? Yeah, I hate the name. I've always hated the name, but it's a nice shirt. It's a very nice shirt, and I apologize for not remembering FanRag. My bad, because uh, I'm a John McMullen First fan. thing when they hired me, I said, you got to change that name, guys. And they you, did change it, by the way. At the end, it was just FRS. FRS? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's You got one of those shirts, too? Did they get you out an FRS shirt? Do not have one. Oh. Uh, I got to think about it now that you said that, Jody. I do not believe I have one. I don't think by that time they, they were in deep negotiations to, of course, sell the company, which they ultimately did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's why bad. they changed the name, by the way. Just noticed a uh, nice-looking shirt you got on there today. I got a, your basic uh, blue tee. Uh, so it's not a ca completely casual Wednesday. McMillan holding up our sartorial end of the bargain. Uh, so I thank him for that. Uh, we've got two hours. the blazer when it's not 95 at some point. You, certainly, I have not worn a blazer, and you have not worn a blazer no. either. Are you planning on breaking out a blazer when the temperatures get below 90-something? No, no, come on. It's, it, it's too early in the morning. If it were an afternoon show, I probably would. <laughs> if it were an afternoon show, I'd be wearing less clothes, as a matter no, of fact. But uh, that's something that no one really wants to hear me discuss at this time. I can pretty much uh, assure you of that. All right, uh, what are we going to talk about for the next two hours? Well, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles, the National Football League in general, uh, but with a heavy lean toward the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so I'm up this morning getting ready for the show. I uh, going through uh, my Twitter feed and I see a uh, tweet from our buddy, Harry Mays from the middle. And he reappropriated a uh, clip from the Dan Cilio show a couple of weeks back that I had missed. Shame on me, my bad. Uh, but I hadn't seen it, but I uh, clicked on it when Harry tweeted it out that Merrill Reese was on Dan Cilio's show. And Merrill, who, of course, is a good staunch Philadelphia Eagle backer as the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, did tell Dan Cilio that the Philadelphia Eagles, without any inside information, 
Meryl said, I did just what I'm hearing. Didn't say he got it directly from anyone inside the Eagles organization. Said that I hear that they're close to trading Zach Ertz to the Buffalo Bills. Well, this was about two weeks ago. And as far as I know, uh, unless you've got breaking news for us this morning, John, Zach Ertz, still a Philadelphia Eagle. So Merrill's inside info or non-inside info or guessing uh, hasn't played itself out yet. We are now down to 27 days until the start of camp, which means we've got 27 more days to talk about why Zach Ertz is still here in Philadelphia. You don't really think anything's going to happen between now and camp, do you? Um, between now and camp, potentially. But those days, I'll, I'll put it, you know, your dad, we bring this up all the time. You bring it up. used to be a baseball general manager. Consider that opening of training camp is sort of a trade deadline. It's not, but it's a deadline. Uh, and that might spur some action. As you know, Deadline spur action. I mean, sure. that's what that's what happens when you have to say, and the Eagles have to decide to, to themselves. Their, their deadline is not a trade deadline, but it's a deadline to where do they want to deal with this? Do they want to deal with this controversy? Uh, and if they make the decision uh, that it's not that big of a deal, we'll take the hit for a couple of days and everybody will move on to something else. Everything, you know, something always happens in training camp. Um, so it'll only be maybe 48, 72 hours, something of that nature. So if the Eagles make that cost benefit analysis and say, um, we can, we can handle that. We can weather that storm. Then he might be here on the other hand. And I use Evan Mathis as the example back in the chip Kelly era, back when they had mandatory minicamp, he didn't want him showing up. So there was all this wrangling back and forth, um, until the day of mandatory minicamp. And then, the decision was made. They had to go in a different direction. Uh, deadline spawn action. That's 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 what happens in professional sports. Right now, we're in the dead period. So, you know, not only are the Eagles, you know, so many guys are on vacation. Guys I asked to come on the show just sure. from a media standpoint are on vacation. Everybody's in their downtime, understandably so. Um, the biggest thing on the calendar today for the Eagles is Jason Kelsey and a couple teammates are going to be down at Seattle City, uh, celebrity bartending. So if you're down there, maybe check in with the guys uh, for Eagles autism. Um, you know, it's a dead period. So the Buffalo Bills are also on vacation and they're also doing anything. But they're one of the teams we've speculated that they could use a tight end. They're in a position to where – they're a legitimate contender. Now, people can argue back and forth and say they're not going to be Kansas City. All you need is, a, is an injury. You want to be in place uh, on that particular Sunday, if it's the AFC championship game, you don't know if they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They might be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, as you saw in the Super Bowl, because of various injuries and who's playing and who's not playing. So they think they're a legitimate contender. That's why they they need a tight end. That's why they make sense for Zach Ertz. It's always been one of those teams where people have speculated, okay, this is maybe where Zach is, is going to end up. And, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of uh, injuries, remember Patrick Mahomes did get hurt last year. Uh, yeah. not, a, not a lengthy injury, but he did get hurt, and I thought he played hurt in the Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. 
He made one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen, almost uh, parallel to the ground, was able to throw the ball about 20-some-odd yards downfield and with accuracy, no less, while almost vertical to the field. Um, but you're right. If Patrick Mahomes goes down, all of a sudden the Buffalo Bills and everyone else are that much more viable in the AFC. I'm trying to figure out where Merrill came up with Buffalo. I know the reports were out there. You, you certainly said it here on the show. Uh, maybe it's the fact that Buffalo has said they would be willing to give up something. Uh, our belief is that the Eagles have granted uh, Zach Ertz and his agent the right to contact any team and uh, negotiate with them uh, based on the fact that the Eagles would be able to work out a trade with that organization. Maybe Buffalo has at least said they'd be willing to give up something in exchange for him. Probably not what the Eagles want and or asking for, but they would be willing to take on uh, Zach Ertz and have the conversation about restructuring his contract. Maybe that's why Buffalo is a team that has been mentioned as a possible landing spot for Zach Ertz, that they'll, they'll at least <laughs> not tell the Eagles, pound sand on your request for a trade because we believe you're going to release them. And then we don't have to give up anything. So why would we give up anything? Maybe Buffalo feels uh, strongly enough about Ertz that they said, yeah, we'll give you something. Yeah, well, they might give him something. It depends. You know, the the thought process around the league is that Howie's wanted a third-round pick, and we all kind of chuckled at that. And uh, he wanted to stay. The Chargers uh, offered a fifth-round pick uh, for Zach Ertz way back in the process. That wasn't enough. So I don't think they're going to – in Howie Roseman's mind, I should clarify that. Uh, I don't think they're getting anything better than a fifth-round pick at this point. In fact, I think it's going down, if anything. Uh, so I think when people look at the Bills, it's more of, okay, it's a contender. Um, Zach would probably want to go there, although you have to be concerned about he's a West Coast guy, Western New York, bad weather, all that. You don't even know if that enters in the equation. And then even more than that is the fact that the Bills don't have a tight end. I think Dawson Knox, who was a third-round pick, uh, in uh, 2019, maybe, uh, is projected to be their starting tight end. They have Jacob Hollister there who was with Seattle. People might remember him, but they don't have a, a legitimate tight end. So I think it just has more to do with you look at teams around the league and say, okay, who needs a tight end? And on on the back end of that, it's, oh, this team's pretty good. And if they get a tight end, it makes them that much better. Uh, so maybe from their standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's more of just people connecting those dots. Jay Mac, speaking of deadlines, I did uh, read something either last night or the night before, I don't remember which, um, about a deadline that is actually come and gone. It's not a hard deadline, but it's a uh, judging by past performance deadline. Usually by this time, in the calendar, HBO has announced which team is going to be the subject of the upcoming season's Hard Knocks. Are you a Hard Knocks fan? Let me start there. Um, I, I was a big fan at the start of the show. I think it's gotten it, – it, it tends to be like all of those things. I think it's gotten a little bit watered down. I think it's gotten a little bit uh, formulaic. I sound like a – a movie critic, but you know, they do the same thing every year. They, they, they focus on one kid who's probably not going to make the team and you start rooting for him and say, Oh, there's a good, you know, that type of thing. So um, 
I loved it when it first came out. I don't think it's nearly as good now, but it's still fun. I think Amazon, I think All or Nothing has been better in recent seasons for whatever reason. That's their version of Hard Knocks. Right. Um, interestingly, I thought the Eagles season, though, wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, I think that's been the better show. But I think it's always fun for fans to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I think that that part is fun. And I'll tell you that I actually still like Hard Knocks better than any of the knockoffs that have come out, just because I think HBO does things better than other broadcast outlets. I think they've got quality production and and are, and are on top of things more. Uh, you're right. It, anything you've done for 15 seasons, which, by the way, this upcoming season will be the 16th of Hard Knocks, yeah, it's going to get a little repetitive and it can't be quite as fresh but I think they do a damn good job of trying to keep it fresh, despite the fact that they've already done 15 seasons. Uh, the reason I bring it up is, as I said, they have not named the team for this upcoming year. Because nobody the, ever wants to do it. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I'm going to next. Um, usually they have a team that they're ready to uh, announce that they're going to be following and do the same hard knocks things that they've done in previous years. In late June, well, today's the 30th, so late June is quickly coming and going as of uh, the rest of the day here, and no team has been named. Um, they, a couple of years ago, decided to come out with rules for hard knocks, just yeah. so NFL teams would know if they were going to be asked <laughs> if they would do it, if they have interest in doing it or not. They give teams outs, one of which is if you've got a new head coach, if you're turning over your coaching staff, then you are not going to be obligated. The NFL won't even ask you to be on hard knocks. They'll give you a pass to begin with, and that certainly includes the Philadelphia Eagles and Dick Sirianni taking over. If you've been in the playoffs either of the last two years, then they're going to give you a pass because they want to try and get an up-and-coming team and an almost an underdog team. Could this be the year kind of feel to it? So the Eagles have two get-out-of-jail-free cards, if you want to look at it that way if they want to use them. So the chances are of the Eagles being the team that agrees to do it are uh, not good, are, are probably pretty remote. Um, but if you use those criteria, or if you've been the hard knocks team at all over the last 10 times they've done hard knocks, that too would give you a pass. Uh, the Eagles actually qualify on that one, because not only have they not done it in the last 10 years, the Eagles have never been the hard knocks team. It comes down to only a couple of teams that actually do qualify for hard knocks that would be uh, not eliminated by the ways you can get eliminated. The Cardinals, the Panthers, the Broncos, and two of the Eagles competitors in the NFC East, the Giants and the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys actually surprised me because um, they're almost always on hard knocks. At least it seemed yeah. that way because they were on twice in like yeah. a four or five and, year and, period. And Jerry would like to do it. I mean, Jerry likes that stuff. Jerry invites that stuff. So he he's he's the one guy who embraces it. Everybody else, you know, Jody, first of all, I want to say bravo to you for doing this research because I, 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 you know, those hard knocks rules. Every I know rookie head coaches. I know that right off the bat. Uh, the rest of them, I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't give a 
crap about the hard knock rules. But you're 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 not as big a fan. I still like hard knocks. No, I meant I meant as a whole like watch TV for me. That set the DVR for me. Well, early on, I agree. As I said, like when it first started, it was a great, great show. It took you behind the scenes. It was all that kind of stuff. But I go back. We were having this discussion. I I forget with who about the the secret of nature of the NFL. These teams think it's a competitive disadvantage to be on hard knocks. I would like somebody in the NFL, and I hope somebody out there is listening. I hope I would like somebody in the NFL to point me to an episode of Hard Knocks that caused them to lose a football game. I mean, the absurdity of the secretive nature of this league, except for Jerry Jones. I'm going to give Jerry Jones credit, which people on first 365 aren't going to like. He doesn't give a you-know-what. Yeah, bring it on. It's great for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, It would be great for every team. And they look at it the exact opposite, Jody. The exact opposite. And that's every team in this league, with the exception of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you you would think that the NFL is uh, national defense secrets, uh, the tightness yeah. that they play. And they their best. come up with those rules, Jody, to force teams to do this. They should be falling over themselves to get an opportunity to do it, to increase I, their brand, to build their brand. So I gave you the five teams that actually aren't given a pass uh, that uh, should have to show up, which, by the way, has it been two years since the Cowboys won it a bit? No, the Eagles won it the year before that. And last year was Washington football team. So Dallas hasn't won the division in two years. So, yes, they are certainly eligible, which means Jerry may be lobbying. And that may be where they go. And it'll be all about Dak Prescott coming back from his injury. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's got a distinct possibility. I did see that uh, in the article that I wrote, there's a possibility that although they're not uh, – on this list of the five that are most eligible, the Jacksonville Jaguars may go there. I don't know if Urban Meyer has been debriefed in how secretive <laughs> you must be in the National Football League. Urban's a media guy who's not afraid to talk to the cameras so that with the turnaround there with Lawrence at quarterback, with a whole new coaching, they, they might actually want to be on it and they might volunteer to be on it. So my question to you is... Should Jeffrey Lurie take a page out of Jerry Jones's book that if you believe like Jerry does, that it increases your brand. If you're on a national well-viewed uh, broadcast about your organization, which yes, you have some, some control. HBO is going to do what HBO is going to do. You can tell them, yeah, well, we're not going to let you shoot this. And uh, here's uh, something we will, we're planning on doing. And you could, you can, massage the actual production of the show if you're the nfl team by what uh you do and do allow their account do and don't allow it should the eagles be thinking about this does their brand need a boost across the nation by being on uh, hbo's hard knocks yeah i mean i just said it for every team i'm not going to put the eagles outside of the box now they just did all or nothing a couple years ago so I don't think they're interested in it. But, yeah, especially if you look at it, and not necessarily the brand, because I think we all know the brand is uh, pretty strong, even coming off a bad season. We know what the Eagles are in Philadelphia, uh, in the Delaware Valley. It's the reason this show exists. Um, So they have no problem with that aspect. But I got news for you, Jody. Nationally, we see it all the time. Jason Cole was the latest we had on the show yesterday. He said some pretty harsh things about Jalen. Hurts and Nick Sirianni. 
And, you know, around the league, this has been a consistent theme that nobody believes in this team because of the head coach and the quarterback. Well, guess what? You put them on hard knocks, you increase the brand. Some people see the passion of Nick Sirianni that they always talk about. That doesn't come across on the Zoom call, Jody. Right. Uh, he only seems to get in trouble on the Zoom calls. But if you see him in his element, he's a lot more comfortable. Uh, the few practices we were able to go to, it's a lot different. And you get a different view into why the Eagles like Nick Sirianni. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. You get a different view into how respected he is at, at such a young age. That's the most impressive thing about me uh, around his teammates and just the, the natural leadership skills we always talk about. You, you build up their personal brands, and that helps to build up the Eagles. So, yeah, but I think you, you could run down all 32 teams. I just said it's a positive for all of them, and only one recognizes it. So you can rip Jerry Jones all you want, and I know Eagles fans love to do it. He's the most powerful owner in this league for a reason, and that reason is because, and this is going to rub people the wrong way as well, I sound like Howard Eskin. We were talking about Howard before the show when he was in a, a Cowboys fan. Um Jerry Jones is the smartest owner in the NFL from a business perspective, and it's not close. Well, the numbers have been crunched, and the value of the Dallas Cowboys just keeps going up and up and up into the billions. So, uh, yes, you are correct. Uh, but do me a favor, Xander, the fine producer of this show. <laughs> make sure you clip that and get that little segment that John McMullen just did and send it to uh, Jeff Laurie uh, and let him know that it might be a good idea for the Philadelphia Eagles to be on hard knocks. Now, they're probably within days, if not hours, of announcing who it is. And I, if I were, by a the way, I man, think it's going to be Carolina. That's my you opinion. do out of the the five that I told yeah. you that made the most sense: yeah. Giants, Cowboys, Carolina, the Cardinals, and one more. I'm forgetting who the other one was. Uh, Cowboys, you think it's going to be think. Carolina? I do. Cardinals, Panthers, Broncos. Uh, yeah, the Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm not not holding out. But they, they, a new general manager might be kind of interesting with them. I'll tell you that Jerry does it again, and it ends up being the Cowboys. But uh, why not the Eagles? I'm putting my vote in right now. Eagles for hard knocks. McMullen has told me why I should be voting for the Eagles on hard knocks. They don't have to go on because of the rookie head coach. They're not even considering it, Jody. Well, no, 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 no. You are. You can volunteer. Yeah, you can volunteer. But I'm saying they're not volunteering. They're not volunteering. That's my point. I'm suggesting, as per the soliloquy I just heard from John McMullen, the Eagles should volunteer for hard knocks. I'm smart. They're dumb, Jody. I'm smart. They're dumb. They're not. They're not volunteering for anything. Xander, don't include that part where John says he's smart. And the Eagles are dumb. Kind of edit that out for the clip you're going to send to Jeff Laurie because I want to see this happen. I want the Eagles on hard knocks this year. All right, we'll get a third opinion on this. Coming up next, we got our first guest of the day. One of our favorites. You read him on Bleeding Green Nation all the time. BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton joins us on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. 
Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Hump Day Wednesday, gathering of birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys. We've got a chance to uh, chat with another Philadelphia Eagle insider. Does a great job covering the team day in and day out for his website, Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon Lee Gowton here with us on Birds 365. BLG, how was vacay? We reached out last week. You said, no, 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 sorry, guys, I'm out of town. I'm getting a little downtime in. How was vacay? It was good. Uh, I went up to Boston, had a nice little week there, and now I'm back. It probably ended too soon, but here I am. Yeah. It's vacation time, BLG, and I got to do that. I got to do the BLG thing. Of course, but, yeah. uh, uh, it, you know, the Eagles are on vacation as well. We're going to talk about that hard knocks thing. You probably heard Jody and I talking about it. The Eagles aren't volunteering for that. But I want to talk to you about Zach Ertz first because we're in the down period. Everybody is on vacation. The Eagles, a lot of the Eagles are on vacation. Um Bill, same way. I mean, they're not uh, doing much in Buffalo as well. So if you look at July 27th as sort of a drop-dead date, um, 
is it just come down to the Eagles accepting Zach Ertz showing up or if they want to get him out of here? Is that sort of the self-imposed deadline? I mean, it kind of feels like it, right? I mean, uh, it feels like, like I think there's a weird assumption out there that it's like, oh, the Eagles can just bring him back. And first of all, I think it's very clear. We all know that Zach Ertz doesn't want to be here. But I don't necessarily think the Eagles want him here either. Because this is a guy who is going to, you know, be, if they move on from him, you know, they can clear eight point five million, as we know, in cap space. And I don't think they want to be dedicating all of those resources to a aging tight end who is coming off a very bad season. And when they admittedly are not looking at this as a you know all in kind of year, and they're kind of taking a more long term approach to this, I think you know the cap space you can save by moving on from Zach Ertz kind of helps you more in the long term than it does this year. So I just feel like it's going to almost have to be resolved by then. Maybe I am underestimating Howie Roseman's stubbornness in getting something for him or, or dragging this out. But to me, it feels like there there has to be a deadline for this. Should be. And the Eagles have their own beliefs on what the deadline is that they're not sharing with anybody right now, which they shouldn't because it's good business. But here's the one question I would have for uh, Howie Roseman and you the way you laid it out, PLG. The $8.5 million opening of cap they will be able to do when uh, Zach Ertz becomes an ex-Philadelphia Eagle. If that is really important and we are where we are in the offseason and the Eagles have X amount of moves, we don't know uh, what those would include between now and the first game of the season, uh, they, they would actually benefit if. They were going to use it for a uh, upgraded cornerback. If they could use it for an upgrade anywhere else, what are they planning on? And if they are planning and they believe that they still need to upgrade this team, does the fourth round pick, the fifth round pick, this really make that much of a difference to them? Because while you don't get these players signed, they can sign with somebody else. So they're dragging their feet a little bit. If it is as important as you're making it out to be, isn't, immediacy more involved here that they need to like get this done now so they can use that extra cap room that they have aren't they really like risking with every passing day that they're going to lose out on a free agent who's still out there that they might want because they're uh, dedicated to get some kind of draft pick in exchange for Zach Ertz yeah, I don't know that they're really desperate to make that move just from the standpoint of, like, I, again, it's not an all-in kind of year. So I don't know that, like, there's a guy out there, like a cornerback, let's say, that, like, they must have and that they'd be devastated necessarily if they didn't get. I'm sure everyone, you know, has Steven Nelson on the brain for an Eagles fan <laughs> right now because you look at their cornerback situation and it's Michael Jaquette as their starting quarterback too, maybe right now, or Avanti Maddox again. Or Craig James, who knows? I don't know. Uh, not really a good situation when we don't know, and maybe the Eagles don't even know who their starting quarterback to is. But I don't even think it's like that. Uh, again, it's not even necessarily about spending the cap space right now. It's about having it uh, for right now, potentially, if the right move comes along, the right deal is there. Or, more importantly, probably for the future. I, just, I don't think you can tell me that spending the money on Zach Ertz is the best use of resources for this team when you're looking at the long-term of things moving forward. Speaking of Steven Nelson, Brandon, and, and you've got a, a lot of fan engagement at Bleeding Green Nation. Are fans talking themselves into Steven Nelson being some kind of difference maker? He's on the market June 30th. I believe today is June 30th. 
we're talking about two million dollar deals versus maybe three million or four million. Are Eagles fans just setting themselves up for the big ball when they say, "Oh, we got Stephen Nelson," and then they see him week one and they go, "Oh, we got Stephen Nelson. He's better than Mike Chiquette, but he's probably not better than a lot of other outside starting corners in this league." Yeah, I don't know that you're really getting a difference maker, a needle mover on June 30th. I think, you know, obviously, again, the hole is so big that you would just like to see an upgrade there. So I get it. I get why people would be interested in signing pretty much any cornerback, let alone one who actually, you know, has some track record of success like Steven Nelson does. But, but yeah, I mean, again, like I'm looking at this as a long-term thing. My understanding, you know, just based on what the Eagles have said, Jeffrey Lurie has said, is that the Eagles are looking at this as a long-term thing. So I don't even know necessarily what, a, like, let's say a one-year deal signing Steven Nelson really accomplishes in the long term. It could make the team better this year, and I think there's some value in that. But, to, you know, to act like you sign him and that kind of just is like some kind of paradigm shift, that's, that's not really it for me. And uh, you're right. Anyone I sign at this point is not going to be a paradigm shift guy. Love that term. Um, All right. So I've already ticked off Eagle Nation by suggesting they really should think about going on hard knocks, which, by the way, yes, I didn't ask you. My bad. I just asked you about vacation first. Should the Eagles be on hard knocks? Should they volunteer? Should Jeff Lurie get either the head of HBO and or Roger Goodell on the phone this morning and say, we're volunteering. We want the HBO cameras in Philadelphia. I say yes. John said no. Uh, BLG, what do you say? Well, I think we all know the answer is, will they be doing that? No. no. That's not no. That's not up for debate. Should they? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, look, this team right now, I maybe I, I'm maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's never been like less juice about an Eagles team going into a season. At least it's been a while. If, if not... Uh, ever it's been a long time I just think the Eagles are in this weird spot where you know they won the Super Bowl a few years ago so you still have that happy memory in the rear view but they've been kind of just hard to watch in recent years like not aesthetically not pleasing to watch not entertaining now obviously there's a new coaching staff and a new starting quarterback so there are some you know levels of intrigue here there are some new elements but but really when you just consider like the national buzz around this team and i think it's fair to say like no one reads or maybe like listens to more eagle stuff than i do um but there's there isn't any there's just like no kind of really juice around this team so to have hard knocks and maybe actually kind of uncover some things that are even more worthwhile and interesting to pay attention to and and form more of a connection with this team i think that would be nice but uh i'm not holding my breath on that one yeah, and by the way, context, Brandon, I said the same thing as you. Will they volunteer? Absolutely not. Should they volunteer? Absolutely. <laughs> and and my reason, you talked about national guys. We get a lot of national guys on this show, Brandon, and there is no juice. Nobody from a national perspective believes in this team. We had Jason Cole on yesterday. He was not kind to Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. He's a straight shooter. My point is, You know, Nick, you don't get to see when he's in front of the Zoom cameras. You don't get to see the passion, the energy. And when you do get to see it, it comes across kind of goofy. If you put him on hard knocks, maybe people get to see him behind the scenes. Maybe people get to see what the Eagles see in Nick Sirianni. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Nobody believes in him. He's 52% accuracy from a national perspective. If you see behind the scenes and how how his teammates gravitate toward him, 
baby up his sort of brand and, and you start to get some juice with the team. Why did the Eagles not recognize this stuff? They, 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 they're, they're so secretive. They want nothing. Why, Brandon? I want an answer to why. You're there every day with me. Why? I can't figure it out. I think it's just like it's the culture of the NFL, right? Everything has to be like everything is like a state secret. It's like, but it's really not. It's really not that serious. It's not like, oh, you're going to go on hard knocks and now your entire plans are exposed and you're going to have a disaster of a season and you're never going to recover. I mean, look, these have been pretty bad the past couple of years without being on hard knocks um, and without having those revealed. Um would they have been even worse if they were? I kind of doubt it. Maybe I don't know if it would have made a difference at all. So yeah, I, I think though, like to the point of kind of adding more intrigue to this team, I think that's something the Eagles should be wanting to do. Like I think you know, they're I feel like in, they, that's something they should be able to be smart about and should be able to recognize. Like hey, you know, we're not really the talk of the league. Like we're kind of just irrelevant here. Why don't we kind of put ourselves in the spotlight a little bit more, get the fans a little bit more excited. You know, they want to promote their product. I feel like that's the best way to do it. All right. So suggestion number one from Jody Mac today, volunteer for hard knocks. I got shot down by both of you two guys and uh, the Eagles as well. Although you both agree would be a good idea, but you say it's got no shot of happening. I foolishly am grasping at the possibility. All right. Here's suggestion number two from Jody Mac today, which I think I'll get the same response I did for suggestion number one main punt returner for the philadelphia eagles for the 2021 season devonta smith i watched him do it a couple of times in alabama saw him take Mm. a ball to the house Mm. we know what kind of skills this guy has uh they are talking about competition down there at eagle land and uh, nick sirianni is mr competition i guarantee you if they have an open competition Devonta Smith is going to be the best guy returning punts. Go ahead and just give him the job. No, but they don't do that either because they won't even tell us that Jalen Hurts <laughs> is a starting quarterback. So I'm suggesting week one, first time Eagles actually get a defensive stop. Devonta Smith drops back to return the punts. What kind of shot do I have, guys? <laughs> I feel like that's being underrated. Like we all talk about his receiving ability and you know winning the Heisman and everything. I feel like that's a good point, Jody. He's like, we don't. I don't think we talk enough about like some of the promise he showed as a returner to me. I mean, I just can't see him being a full-time guy when he's probably having, like, the most targets potentially on the offense. Like, I can't imagine him being this volume target on offense and then also handling punt return duty. To me, I would use Devontae Smith in that role kind of like the Eagles would use Deshaun Jackson in, like, later years where, like, you kind of need a spark. You need a big play. You're kind of desperate. or You kind of do it sparingly. Um, I would put Jalen Rager back there full-time and hope that he can figure it out because I think you kind of need that to help salvage his career. Maybe he can build some confidence as a receiver if he can kind of get things going on special teams, maybe. Um, I would like to see Devontae Smith more than never as a partner trainer, but not you can't do it full-time. Yeah, Dave Fipp used to call it high-leverage situations. Maybe you see him in a high-leverage situation late in the game if you need a punt return. I'm going to make a prediction, Brandon. He's not even going to get a rep in practice until later. Wow. In, in until later in the process because they want him to get up to speed at wide receiver. And as you mentioned, I think, Jody, your guy, Greg Ward, is going to have an opportunity to win that job because it's about ball security first, then Jalen Rager. But even that, Brandon, I think, because they want him to ramp up a receiver. So I think he gets mm-hmm. – keep an eye on Michael Walker, and you're going to go, who? And that's the guy mm. they picked up from Jacksonville, Dave Caldwell's here. He was a great returner in college. 
if he makes this team and if you're a fifth, six receiver, you got to make it on special teams. If he's their best punt returner, Michael Walker may, might make this team. And I got to check if I got the name right. Did I get the name right, Brian? Yeah. You did. You did. Yeah. I totally so, forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah. As everyone should and everyone yes. does. But yeah, Devontae Smith is too important to the offense uh, to be a full time punt returner. I'm 100% with Brandon there. That's unfortunate yeah. because I think Devontae Smith could actually take a couple ones to the house. And even though I love my guy, you know, president of the Greg Ward fan club, yeah, he, he's not going to break any touchdowns. So I, I would prefer to see uh, Mr. Uh, Smith than uh, my, my, my guy. Um, BLG, we have a new head coach, but we also have a new defensive coordinator. And John and I talk uh, more about the big picture and the overall coaching staff. But uh, – Coach Gannon taking over the defense and his hits philosophy of doing things. The one thing I kind of raise my eyebrows when I hear him talk is about how uh, they're going to be able to get turnovers, that the mm. turnovers is a key to winning defensively in the National Football League. And his uh, defense is going to play with the kind of intensity that's going to give them turnovers. Can you really coach turnovers? I- I've never heard a coach say, yeah, I've got the philosophy I've got the means by which we're going to get X amount of turnovers a game. I think that's pretty much impossible. So is therefore his philosophy kind of questionable going in? If you believe that, well, you can't program turnovers. You can't come up with specific plays that are going to lend themselves to turnovers. Will this Eagle team be a good turnover team this year because of the coach's philosophy? Uh, I, I don't think that makes you know like a world's difference. Maybe there's certain things you can emphasize. Certain coaches maybe uh, do it better than others. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, you got to have playmakers. And do the Eagles really have playmakers in the secondary? I mean, Anthony Harris, you know, had six interceptions in 2019. Maybe he gets back to form, you know, working with Jonathan Gannon, and that goes well for him. Um, you know, Darius Slay earlier in his career, not so much recently. Uh, was able to get you know quite a few interceptions, so you know maybe that kind of comes back for him. Although you know these are players who are kind of getting older, not ascending players, so that's my, kind of my concern there. And then outside of that, who do you really feel good about as guys who like are consistently going to get turnovers, going to take the ball away from the other team? I don't I don't know who those guys are. You know maybe Fletcher Cox again rebounds, maybe Brandon Graham has a big year, but there's a lot of maybes there, like I said, and, and again aging players, not like ascending young guys you feel super confident in plus brandon what defensive coordinator in the history of the nfl goes up to the podium day one and say i don't want to create turnovers everybody wants to create turnovers <laughs> I, I i get a kick out of these I, we want to be aggressive i'm looking for the first defensive coordinator no we're going to lay back we're just going to be very <laughs> passive and we're just going to see where this takes us uh in a lot of ways obviously it's about uh, getting your players playing fast, in uh, uh, that, in theory, pressure obviously uh, helps you create turnovers. So the more substantive part of, of Jonathan Gannon, um, it seems like they're going to play a lot of cover two, a lot of cover three to kind of protect the back end and maybe have a little bit more Mike Zimmerish A-gap pressure Maybe this sort of Leo rusher, Ryan Kerrigan, would be most notable. Anything else you're getting a feel for what that defense is going to look like as far as a change from, from Jim Schwartz? 
Well, I would just say, you know, going back to kind of the turnover thing too, and maybe what we can expect from the defense in terms of player performance, that's kind of where it really comes down to me, is just like cornerbacks maybe playing up to their potential. We'll see because you just look at the history, the track record of Jonathan Gannon, and and we've seen some cornerbacks have success. You look at Xavier Rhodes who, you know, struggled in Minnesota and got cut. And then you have Chris Ballard, like the coach GM, like name dropping Jonathan Gannon last year, saying like John, uh, Jonathan Gannon is a big reason why like the Xavier Rhodes signing looks smart for me because like he really turned him around. So uh, the Eagles haven't really had anyone who can really develop and draft and get these cornerbacks playing up to their potential. So I think from that kind of a coaching standpoint, maybe there's some hope there that he knows how to either get through to these guys on you know uh, like technique or whatever it is or just. Like like you said, kind of playing fast, like be, feeling comfortable in the scheme, whatever the secret sauce is, it seems like he might have some of that. And I guess like that that is a point of optimism. Since we're talking about turnovers and we're talking about the fact that the Eagles could use an upgraded cornerback, no one is going to argue that. And we're talking about the fact that uh, when is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? And Howie Roseman himself has pointed out a couple of uh, times when he needed to upgrade a cornerback. He made a trade after camp had already started. Uh, so people continue to say, oh, maybe he'll trade for another quarterback. Cornerback. All right, down that road. Xavier Howard of the uh, Miami Dolphins. Not only is he a turnover guy, a bunch of picks last year, Johnny on the spot would certainly fill a void for the Eagles, not only a hole, but if the uh, defense coordinator is set on getting turnovers, he could certainly be an answer to that. Well, you were checking a lot of boxes here. Could Howie Roseman turn to the Miami Dolphins? They've got draft capital that they could certainly afford to give up. Is a trade for Xavier Howard a possibility for the Philadelphia Eagles, PLG? I don't think so. Um I think all those points you made are fair. There's some, there's an injury concern here. You know, he uh, only he missed uh, 11 games in 2019. Um, also missed four games 2018. Played seven as a rookie. So uh, hasn't always been like the healthiest guy. There's some injury risk. I think the Eagles aren't just going to pay that much money to both Darius Slay and Xavier Howard. That's a lot of money, cornerback. And again, if you if you're having if you're hiring a defensive coordinator who's supposed to kind of get more out of less at cornerback, then I don't think it's like the best decision to like put super premium resources into that position yeah. as well. And uh, the other thing is, I don't think the Eagles are making any kind of really big trade with any kind of those picks they have until they have you know more clarity at the quarterback position. Like those picks are kind of being reserved. I feel like until they really like to make that move at quarterback if they have to. I don't think they're doing anything with those before they get more clarity on Hurts. All right, let's talk about the quarterback, Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Brandon, because. I agree with you. I think the Eagles are kind of holding back with those picks in case they have to go do whatever they have to go do, whether it's go up in the draft, whether it's trade for Deshaun Watson next year, if things are cleared up. So my, my question to you is, and I, I've asked this of a lot of people and I want to get your thoughts on it is can Jalen Hurts do anything to win this job with the way the Eagles are set up? In other words, you know, if you look at it from a national perspective, the number's six and a half, six and a half wins. So even if they overachieve, say, get the eight and nine or somewhere in that range, even nine and eight, I think that would be probably the ceiling of this team. Is that enough to say, okay, we're not going to go get a player like Deshaun Watson. We're not going to go get a top five pick if we can get a top five pick. 
Is there anything Jalen Hurts can do in one year to be the future of this team at quarterback? I think the odds are kind of stacked against him here, but in a way that kind of works in his favor. If you look at it as if like, if he thrives in spite of less than ideal circumstances, then that kind of shows you, okay, like maybe there is something here with this guy. I think the the bar for me, I've said this for a while now is like he, Jalen hurts has to leave. No doubt. Like if there's any kind of doubt at all, like if there's any kind of question about him being the guy heading into next off season, then the Eagles are going to look to pivot. And that doesn't necessarily mean to me that they're going to like cut him or trade him or move on from him right away. Um, or and maybe they bring in an option and it's kind of a competition, as Nick Sirianni likes to talk about and always competing. But I think it kind of has to be a situation where Jalen Hurts just leaves no doubt. Everyone is like, yeah, this is the guy. The teammates love him. The coaching staff loves him. Um, the fans love him. Like he kind of just wins everyone over the team, you know, maxes out. They do as much as they kind of reasonably can this year. Maybe that is only nine, ten wins. Um, but I, I think it kind of has to be that situation. And then anything short of that, again, and then it's a high bar to clear, then I think they're going to look to pivot. Isn't worst case? Isn't that worst case scenario a competition? And I know Nick Sirianni doesn't want to look at it this way, but mm-hmm. I do. You mm-hmm. want Jalen Hurts to either outright win it and have a Joe Flacco-like backup, Nick Mullins-like backup, unquestionably, here's the order of the Eagles quarterback, or... Guess what? He's not good enough. We got to draft a quarterback in the first five picks, or we got to make a deal for a Deshaun Watson. I, I'm kind of hoping for a definitive answer at quarterback going into 2022. Not a competition. Sorry, Coach Sirianni. Not what I'm looking for. Competition for quarterback in 2022. Sure. I mean, yeah, obviously you want a definitive answer. I, ideally, it is Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, and he just plays great because then you can use all those <laughs> draft picks to just add talent around him instead of having to go out and get another quarterback and potentially one, if you're paying for a veteran like Deshaun Watson on a contract instead of a, you know, that one of the biggest advantages in the NFL, a player on a rookie contract. So, uh, but you know, I don't know the likelihood of that. I think it's probably less likely than more likely. And yeah, obviously if you can get the proven option, if you can get a player, either if it's Deshaun Watson and everything clears out or Russell Wilson or whatever, however that shakes out there, then yeah, you want that definitive answer. I mean, ideally, you know, the Eagles um, put themselves in a position this year where the roster kind of looks ready to win now and whether that is with Jalen Hurts, most ideal or without, and then you kind of just get the quarterback as the missing piece. That would be really nice. So yeah, I mean, I think the only situation if it's a competition is like if Jalen Hurts kind of looks good, but maybe not totally sold on him. And then the Eagles kind of can't get a veteran. So they're drafting a rookie, but maybe it's not, you know, like the number one overall pick. Maybe they can't trade up that high, even though they have these picks, they're kind of just bringing in a rookie in the first round and they're kind of having him compete with Hertz and they'll probably beat out Jalen Hertz at that point. But uh, I think that's kind of the situation I was talking about. All right, Brandon, last one from me. You talked a little bit about uh, Xavier Howard and I agree with you. I don't think the Eagles are making a trade splash at this point. Uh, so I, I want to get your pre-4th of July breakout players on both sides of the football. One caveat, though, it can't be Devontae Smith, because I think we all know he's going to be the guy at receiver. So I, I want a, a breakout candidate on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Travis Fulgham, who kind of had a little bit of a breakout last season when he led the NFL in receiving for five weeks, which is an insane thing to say looking back. Uh, I don't think he is. I think 
the, the kind of conversation shifted from, oh, wow, look at this guy. We're really excited about him, too. Oh, he was never that good. That was kind of a fluke. And I think there are legitimate concerns there with Travis Fulgham in terms of kind of work ethic and everything. And Aaron Moorhead kind of touched on that when we heard from him recently uh, within the past month or so. But I think there's something there. Aaron Moorhead also said, like, there is something there with that guy. And I, and I kind of believe that. And I think he's going to have the opportunity on this team. It's not like the Eagles are necessarily chock full of wide receiver talent. And I think Travis Fulgham might, there might be hope for him yet. So I, I still have some hope in him. We saw the talent last year. And then defensively, I'm probably going to say Derek Barnett, who it feels kind of silly to say that we're still waiting for a first round pick from 2017 to break out in year five, finally. But presumably, like fingers crossed for Derek Barnett's sake, he's finally healthy, actually, for the first time, like since his rookie year entering a season. And it's a huge year for him, you know, because he's on this fifth year option. He's playing for that next contract. I believe he's only still 24. He's young. I think we haven't necessarily seen the best of what Derek Barnett has to do. I think there's still some hope for him to kind of take this next step. Maybe he could really make a big leap and kind of be a double-digit sack guy this year. And if not, and if we, we kind of just see more of the same, that'll be pretty disappointing and also kind of a weird spot for the Eagles to be in where it's like, all right, do we resign this guy or do we not? So Fulgham and Barnett, those are my guys this year. I hope you're right about Barnett. I fear that you are wrong. I, I'm, I'm sorry. My patience is up. The breakout year for Derek Barnett, three years waiting. I'm not banking on year four, but that's me. Um, well, last one, BLG. Coach P, Dougie P, back in town yesterday. Another charity uh, golf tournament. That's such a good gig. Fly in for charity golf tournaments. Get the hell out of Dodge. I wish I had a deal <laughs> like that. Uh, but more power to him, and the Eagles are paying him uh, this year anyway. But he did say that he still has a desire to coach in the National Football League, not necessarily this year. And I don't think you want to take over a team at this stage anyway. But mm. starting in 2022 or 23 or whatever, what will determine Doug's viability? His record is what it is. Certainly peaks and valleys, really high peak, a.k.a. Super Bowl win. Uh, but the valley's there too, and he'll be judged on that. But things that could happen in the 2021 season that he, of course, would have no control over include what the Eagles do and what Carson Wentz does in Indianapolis. Mm. How bad does it have to go here in Philadelphia and in Indianapolis for Doug Peterson to get a gig in 2022? So you're saying Doug's stock could be pretty high if uh, it's a bad Eagle season and Carson Wentz doesn't do so well in Indy. That's huh? exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It's a fair point. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not an impossible scenario either. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Doug will have some kind of market next year. I mean, look, look, look at these NFL uh, hiring cycles, you know, like where – I mean, Jason Garrett got, like, an interview, apparently, uh, for, like, the Chargers job last – like, why? Yeah. Like, the Giants aren't even good. And yeah, Come on. So uh, if Doug isn't at least getting interviews next year, that would be a joke. Um, and, you know, obviously it depends on how many openings. If there's quite a few, then I think, you know, he should be in the mix. And, and I hope to see Doug get a chance again. I think – wouldn't that be interesting to see how Doug gets to do kind of when he's oh, yeah. maybe in a situation where it's not just, like, he's a total – or he's kind of being used like a puppet, and he actually kind of maybe gets some power and gets some say, that could be interesting. Good stuff, ELG. Glad you had a great week on vacay. Uh, we're looking forward to talking to you as we get up toward uh, camp and then all the way through the season. Uh, everybody's got to check out Bleeding Green Nation for all the great insights that uh, Brandon Lee brings on a day-in, day-out basis. And whenever he hops on with us here on uh, Birds 365. Thanks, brother. We'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. There it is. <laughs> oh, man.
BLG. It's a ref. It's a wrestling reference. What can yeah. you? You got to put up with that if you're going to watch Mac and Mac. <laughs> if it's McMullen and McDonald, you're going to get that yeah. from time to time. All right, uh, quickie time out here on Birds 365. Come back. I got a couple more things I want to run by John. Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Board is going to hop on. Uh, John got him to uh, okay to come on the show last night. Apparently, these two guys have an issue with uh, video that is being sent out by the Eagles uh, starting quarterback right now. I don't. I actually enjoy I it. I don't have an issue. I have an issue with people making a big deal out of it. Okay. That's I, what I do. And okay. it started with Ben Simmons. So you're going to get some Ben Simmons talk, which I know everyone. I, I, I will agree with you and disagree with that uh, on that. I know we will explain when we get back here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com.
Happy Hump Day edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. John McMullen, Jody McDonald hanging with you. We've got an hour left to play. And during that hour, we will talk about uh, video being sent out featuring the Eagles. I guess we could call him number one quarterback, lead quarterback, top quarterback. Kids can't call him the starting quarterback. Because the coach says there's still a competition. Uh, we can call him the starting quarterback because we don't lie, Jody. We can call him the starting we quarterback. We can give you our opinion. And it's a pretty substantiated opinion that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, I guess, was it his uh, directed uh, Instagram uh, account that sent out video of Jalen working out in Alabama over the last couple of days, or was it someone else's that I was able to uh, pick up on Twitter? Uh, I got it from somebody else. I assume, by the way, there's no problem with this. Um, you know, uh, I talk about it all the time and, and my aspect, and that's why I'm going to bring Kevin on. But my point is you see this around the NFL. I talked about building brands when we were talking about hard knocks. This is building brands for players. This is the reason they do this. I have no issue with it whatsoever. I, From Jalen Hurts' perspective, I know the kid's a hard worker because he's working every day when nobody's there. But, you know, they have agents. Nicole Lynn is, is, is Jalen's agent, you know. They have brand ambassadors, brand people. They got people building up their brands, and this is all professional athletes. My only question is, man, fans get so pumped up by these things, and they're meaningless. They're meaningless other than, hey, if you want to have some fun and watching, you know, Jalen Hurts throw the football to Devontae Smith in Alabama, oh, great. I mean, yeah, it's exciting to think about what could be down the road my only, my only caveat to that is, and this is why I bring up Ben Simmons, we went through this year after year after year. Oh, look what Ben Simmons is doing with an empty gym. Look what, look what he's doing. He's shooting threes. He's got to be spectacular. It doesn't matter. It's all I'm trying to say. It does not matter about. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Putting video, and well-produced video, by the way, on, on any kind of social media platform, it doesn't mean anything. Show me the footwork drills. That's what I'm interested in. Show me the mechanical stuff. That's what I'm in, interested in. Is it consistent? Give me the full hour, and, and then maybe I can tell you something. Here's the difference between, and I see the uh, parallel you're trying to draw between Ben Simmons and Jalen Hurts. It's just too obvious not to be able to see. But there's a significant difference between the two, at least as far as I'm concerned. I truly believe that Ben Simmons' people sent it out for a reason. And the reason was to make people believe. Reel in the less than initiated who think, ooh, he's making jump shots. That means he's <laughs> going to make jump shots for us this year. 
yes, they're playing to a percentage. It's a small percentage, but it should be a minuscule percentage. Unfortunately, it's small um, that are actually going to read something into this and parlay that into uh, belief of what he's going to do when he puts back on a sixer uniform in a game that counts in the NBA. Shame on you if you fell for that stuff. Uh, but Taylor Hurts isn't even trying that. As you, as you mentioned, tremendously produced. It's slow motion. Yeah, You can watch the rotation of the football yeah. as he throws it downfield. Yeah. It's complete and utter entertainment. That's all that it is. It is not meant for you to judge, even by deception, that Jalen Hurts' accuracy is better because I'm watching this slow motion replay, this slow motion video in which you can count the... Uh, uh, the grips on the football is going so slow that that means his percentage is going to increase this year as a quarterback in the league. They're not yeah. now you're talking about actually playing to a minuscule. If you're stupid enough to fall for this, that after watching this video, damn, 53%, no way, he's hitting 75 this year. Do you see the tightness to that spiral? Do you say no? If you are getting sucked in by this, then that's your problem, that's your fault. That's ridiculous. It's well, just... people are getting sucked in, Jody. My it God. might be a minuscule. You're insulting I... Eagle fans. But, but You're I... spitting in the face of Eagle fans. The Eagle fans can't be that stupid. They can't. I always tell that, well, the Sixers fans, that's stupid with Ben yes, Simmons. Yes, um, there were some stupid Sixers fans. Too many. Um, there's too many who take this stuff seriously. That's all I'm saying. Now, I hope you're right I because – and and by the way, you probably are right. I think the majority doesn't contact you. The the majority doesn't tag you. The majority doesn't ask questions. So they're like, you're right. They're like, oh, this is cool. Blah blah blah. I get to see Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. But there is that small group, and obviously that's the vocal group. This is going to be awesome. This guy looks great. This guy's doing this. It, it to me, it's just utter absurdity. Um. But again, I have no problem from Jalen's perspective, from Devontae Smith's perspective. Um, and I criticize Carson Wentz for not working out uh, as much as he typically would during the pandemic. A lot of that had to do with him being a first-time father. He had scheduled a trip to Texas to work out with receivers, and the pandemic kind of hit, and they had to scale things back. Um, so I criticized him for not doing more of that kind of stuff. But guess what, Jody? The years prior, he did that stuff all the time. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. You have to do it in the modern NFL because you're not allowed to, to work with coaches at the facility. So you have to find other ways to get better. And that's the good part of it. Jalen Hurts is always trying to get better. He's always working with Quincy Avery in Atlanta. He's always doing extra work. That part's awesome. I'm just saying the overly produced videos, the hype of this kind of crap is just out of control. It's not just Jalen Hurts. It's not just Philadelphia. It's all over. You got Aaron Donald doing doing his, uh, his handiwork with the knives. I'm sure you've seen that, the fake knives. Obviously, they're not real knives. Working on his handwork, that's one of the greatest players of all time. It's fun to watch, but it's not meaningful. I mean, people act like this stuff is meaningful. That's my issue. All right. And if you are one of those out there who 
retweeted with a comment or uh, commented directly on the tweet that you saw that included the video, whatever. You know who you are. You know if you're foolish enough to have thought that, that your evaluation of the kind of year that Jalen Hurts is going to have increased yesterday because you saw this heavily produced video, then, as I said earlier, shame on you. I think it's a really small uh, – Eagle fans aren't going to fall for that stuff because it's thrown right in your face. It's a, it's a movie is what it is. It's not real video of actual football work. It's a movie. They produced it like a movie. So if you fell for it, we'll give you a pass. Just don't be so stupid again. Um, but if by, you didn't by, by the way, Jody, at the end, I'll give him credit. It even says directed by a man by the right. name of Griffin Glendening. Who, yeah, good job, Griffin. You did a good job with that. Um, yeah, it's silly. But I can't tell you how many people sent me this. This is awesome. This is, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Right, I, did, I didn't get any of those, so I'm hoping that percentage is uh, even more, more minuscule than you think it is. All right, which lends itself to a, uh, another question for me, for you. Um, walking in the kitchen last night, I don't know if it was a, a, either before or after, I uh, had had dinner. Um, but my wife always watches uh, 6ABC News at uh, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whatever. Um, and Jamie Apodi was on. And she did a quickie hit interview with Sal Palantonio from ESPN. We should try and get Sal on, but that whole ESPN thing, they don't like you doing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, probably not going to be successful, but we should <clears throat> reach out to Sal just the same. Um, but that's an ABC. Six is, Channel 6 is Disney, which is uh, same big happy family with ESPN. So uh, Sal's going to show up there all the time. Uh, so he's on with Jamie Apodi. And she asked this question of him, so I will ask it to you. Who has more pressure on him for the 2021 season, Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni? Newbies both in a big spot here in Philadelphia. Doesn't get any better than bigger than quarterback and head coach. Who has more pressure on him for this upcoming season, the QB or the coach? Uh, the quarterback. Uh, for the major reason, he's got one chance. That's it. Nick Sirianni will get two chances, I believe. He, even if it's really bad, I think they'll blame it on the quarterback and say, okay, we got to draft a quarterback. We got to get to Sean Watson. And Nick Sirianni will get that mulligan. So to me, for that simple reason, Jalen Hurts gets one chance, man. No mulligans, one opportunity. This is it succeed or don't and you know as Brandon said not necessarily that he's out of here but he's going to be the backup quarterback or he is going to be out of here so it's one and done Nick Sirianni will get at least two years for the reason I just mentioned and also Jeffrey Lurie is not going to admit oh I screwed up I made this embarrassing hire he's not going to do that in one year even though he seems as he gets older he seems to get more and more impatient I think Nick Sirianni, worst case scenario, has two years. So this by is, that definition, it's got to be Jalen. This is why I like my partner, because he's a smart man, because that's exactly what I was going to say. And that's exactly what I said to myself when I was watching uh, the news. And Sal Palantonio said, there's more pressure on Nick Sirianni. And I looked at the TV scans and said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sirianni's got minimal, he's got uh, multiple years there. Yeah. Like John just said, there's no way that 
the owner's going to pull the plug after one year. Unless he does something like go into his office and go, yes, I'm not uh, going to be here for the Monday morning meetings that you want after game days. I'm the coach. Uh, sorry, Mr. Laurie. I'm busy on Mondays. Well, then, yeah, you can get himself by. If he wants to talk his way out of the job and refuse to acknowledge who hired him and who the real boss is, the owner, that's the only way he gets fired. He's going to be given some leeway to prove that he is or isn't up to the job. Whereas you're right, Jalen Hurts has got one year. That's it, which I think is borderline unfair to him. Now, some people say or argue that you're a second-round pick. You don't get multiple years, that you get that one jump into the spot. Unless you're a first-round pick or a high first-round pick, you're not going to get multiple years to stink the joint out and be given a uh, a reprieve and a second shot. Uh, So I guess in that way it could be. But it's really difficult under a first-year coach, a new system to say, yeah, by the way, You need to win and win immediately. Otherwise, your day with this organization is over and done with. But I do think that's what he's facing. Uh, When we had Brandon on last segment, um, he mentioned a possibility is a competition at quarterback next year. That's the worst case scenario and highly unlikely. Either Jalen Hurts is going to be the man or somebody else is going to be the man. There's not going to be a competition to find out who is the man that's going to include Jalen Hurts. No. He's either going to sink or swim. There's not going to be any floating involved here. We're going to make a decision after this guy in in basically probably less than a year. They'll probably know what they're going to do eight or nine games in. Um, but uh, there's absolutely more pressure on Jalen Hurry. I couldn't believe Sal Paulo said there's more pressure on Nick Sirianni. Well, not everybody can think as logically and clearly as we can right Very off true. the top good, of our good head. Point, John. Very good point, <laughs> John. But – I, I agree with you. I've said this numerous times. I don't think it's fair to Jalen Hurts, number one. I don't think he can prove it. I've said this constantly. I don't think he can seize the job. I think when we look forward, and, and we're talking this time next year, Jody, they're going to be looking for a quarterback. They're going to have their quarterback because of where we are in the calendar. But if we're talking pre-draft, uh, they're going to be talking about moving up in the draft. They're talking about getting in a position to get to Sean Watson or whomever. That's where they're going to be because I don't see the ceiling up. Now, if they win 12 or 13 games, yeah, that's the slim path Jalen Hurts has. Keep winning and you stay on the field. They're never going to take you off the field if you keep winning. But, man, that is a small path to navigate so there is incredible incredible pressure on Jalen Hurts and there's different situations you know you mentioned second round pick Drew Locke gets opportunity after opportunity after opportunity out in Denver as a second round pick but they're also looking for the end they just can't find the answer they're only playing it because they have to play them what where where the Eagles have had the advantage is will have the advantage, excuse me, the three first-round picks, most likely, if Carson Wentz plays uh, in Indianapolis, and all the money to do whatever they will need to do to either get a, a quarterback in the top 10 or or go out and get a veteran quarterback. Incredibly unfair to Jalen Hurts, incredibly pressure-filled position because it's it's you're throwing – a toddler into the deep end of the pool and say, swim. That's it. That's what the Eagles are doing. And if you don't, we're going to the next toddler. That was, that went down a grim, 
path, but you get my point. It's a, it's a bad analogy, but you get my no, point. No, it's, it's a fine analogy. I'm going to add to it, as a matter <clears> of fact. That toddler that you're throwing into the deep <laughs> end of the pool, let's say this is what transpires. This would be, John, my favorite, a hypothetical question for you. Um, he, he doggy paddles his way <clears throat> from the deep end down to the shallow end and is able to stand up. He's not uh, showing you Mark Spitz-like tendencies with a great form and uh, goes flying down the other end of the pool. But he makes it safely, negotiates it well enough to the doggy paddle that he can get to the shallow end and he can stand on his own two feet. And that would equate to, on the field, the Eagles going nine and seven. And oh, by the way, because of a late-season victory... Whoever they finish in a tie with in the division, be it the Giants, the Washington football team, or the Cowboys, they win the tiebreaker. And they win the NFC East this upcoming season at a not wowing anybody 9-8 and eight this year. Jalen Hurts is the 22nd ranked quarterback in the National Football League. He's not dead at the bottom. He's not in the top half. We'll slot him in there at about 22, 23 with the commensurate <laughs> numbers that go with it. More touchdown passes than interceptions, but he does throw some interceptions. His uh, completion percentage is certainly better than the 50-something, but it's in the low 60s in a league now. You want to see your quarterback be above 65. He's close to it, but he's not quite there. The Eagles are in that gray area middle ground, which they don't want to be. They want to be either he's our guy, he breaks out, unquestionably we've got an advantage now because we got Jalen Hurts with years to run on his rookie deal better than other teams in the league, and he's not a washout. Oh, my God, we rolled the dice, and, man, did we come out craps. He's in that gray area. Who's making that call? Is it Jeff Lurie? Is it Howie Roseman? I'm sure it's a combination of the two. But at the end of the day, one of the two has a stronger position. Who's making that call? Yeah, it's definitely uh, Jeffrey and Howie. Um, anytime it's the quarterback, you, and that's not rare, by the way. I've I've been critical of of, of Jeffrey overreaching uh, throughout uh, the past couple of years, and I'll continue to be because I think he has, but. Not when it comes to the coach and the quarterback. I mean, that's what owners get involved in. That's the face of your franchise, uh, off the field, on the field. Um, you got to be involved in that kind of uh, decision making. Otherwise, you're you're a poor owner because then you're, um, you know, uh, apathetic. You, you don't care, and that's even worse. So, I have no problem with the owner getting involved with those types of decisions, and that's where. That gray area is gray for this reason, Jody. We're going to go back to draft night on 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 2019 and and um, say to ourselves 2020 and say to ourselves, what did what did the Eagles really believe when they drafted Jalen Hurts? Was it about getting a cost effective backup quarterback, or do they really believe that he had a future as a starter in this league? That's the gray area. Which one was it? Just was it just an, an insurance policy, or was it a real effort to get a player they thought had a chance to be a starter? 
the gray area, if they think he could be a legitimate starter, if that evaluation came back and said, this guy's a good player, then he has a chance. I think it's the other one. I think it was about getting a cost-effective backup and already looking at next year and saying, okay, what are we going to do? Right. But here's where I'll give Howie Roseman credit, and I don't think too many others are, are willing to go there like I am. I, I agree with you. I think a cost-effective backup was the main reason, was the number one reason. But it wasn't solely that. That Part of it was, because they used a second-round pick on him, not a third or a fourth, but a second-round pick was, and, comma, there's a comma in there, not period, and move on, a comma, so it's one big sentence. And by the way, Carson Wentz, very injury-riddled career to this point. If need be, and this guy gets the chance, and he's actually as good or better than Carson Wentz, we're not going to be afraid to give him the football and make him our starting quarterback. I think it was actually a combination of two. A lot of things you want to be able to say it's either or, one or the other. I do believe it's kind of both in this one. And that's why if Jalen Hurts turns out to be the man here in Philadelphia, wins the job, jumps into the top half of quarterback rankings this upcoming year. I'm going to give Howie Roseman a lot of credit for it because he did have nerve it up. And I guess we got to give Jeffrey some credit too because – Deserves. And by the way, we'll have the answer to that question, whether it's or or whether it's and. Uh, and eight, nine, nine, and eight, you'll have the answer to that question by how the Eagles act react to that. Fair enough. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, you Mac and Mac guys, Aaron Birds 365, quickie timeout coming. And then Kevin Kincaid, Crossing Broad, joins us next. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. Joining us now. He looks pretty relaxed from his home studios. Uh, he covers it all for CrossingBroad.com. Uh, all teams, Philadelphia, including that soccer team that he loves. Um, but when we get him on, we ask him mostly about the Philadelphia Eagles from Crossing Broad. Kevin Kincaid here with us on Birds 365. KK, how you be? I'm doing good, gentlemen. I got my... Um... 2012 Discover Orange Bowl. Oh, there we go. T-shirt on, West yeah. Virginia, the first we get it in early, huh? Yeah, yeah. West Virginia 70, Clemson 33. <laughs> co- co- coincidentally, that was probably the last good bowl game that we ever played. Because well, 70, see, yeah, yeah, 70's a pretty good uh, spot yeah. to put on somebody. But Jody, Wait, I mean, hold the, on, hold on. I got was that Gino? Uh, it was Geno Smith. It was Tavon Austin. Yeah, how about yeah, that? Yeah, it was team? all those guys. And then Clemson went on to fire their defensive coordinator and win, what, two national championships. So what one team went clearly in one direction, yeah. and the other team went in the other direction. Of I never up. advocate firing anybody. Uh, but if you give up a 70 spot, uh, you're a defensive <laughs> coordinator. You're going to have some issues. I think you um, have to. I think there was a famous quote, too, before that game where Dabo Swinney said, I hope that everybody talks about the Clemson defense after this game. And ironically, they were they were talking about the Clemson <laughs> defense, but for, for all the wrong reasons. And by the way, you said last uh, good bowl uh, effort by West Virginia. It was also the last good effort made by Geno Smith. Uh, so, uh, That's yeah, true. And arguably, Tavon Austin, who, but, by, yeah. by the way, was probably ahead of his time. Yeah, As we a peaked early. Touch player. We yeah. peaked early. I think the best bowl we played in since then is like the Poulon Weed Eater Bowl. I don't even know <laughs> if that's still around, but that was like where we went after that. So go but figure. I'll give, I'll give Gino this much because you know I'm a Jet. You're a West Virginia guy. I'm a Jet mm-hmm. guy, and I had to watch Gino Smith get punched by a teammate uh, and never achieve anything <laughs> as the quarterback. Uh, he's uh, he's got a little cockroach in him because he's still in the damn league. Oh, he's yeah. gonna be Seattle's backup again this year. Guy's done nothing, and eight years later, he's still in the league. But you have yeah. to admire it, don't you? You know, you yeah. find a way, find a way to hang on, to hang on, to hang on, to keep cashing those yeah. checks. Chase well, Daniel there, be, would Chase be Daniel. the best example of that. <laughs> wasn't yeah, there Andrew the stat Brand that was like calls them uh, business hall of famers? It was like a there was like a stat going around that Chase Daniel had earned something like X millions of dollars for only playing in a certain amount of games i think oh, the ratio yeah. was like the all-time like fewest games but but most amount of money he's ever made so yeah from a purely business sense you have to uh admire and respect that yeah no question uh, by the way jody shot at the philadelphia union that's the best team in philadelphia but i i i wanted to can, can either of you guys spell union for me I, I'm <laughs> just made uh, we'll get jody a, down a, to a game not a like, soccer uh, guy what can i tell you <laughs> no it's yeah. all good um I do want to talk to you about this cottage industry, K, 
Kevin, and and we were going back and forth on on Twitter a little bit, and it started with Ben Simmons probably in the Sixers, and you cover the Sixers a lot as well, and you saw this every off season. You know, Ben would be in the gym taking jump shots, and everybody, oh wow, Ben looks great. Ben Ben could be out there with Jody and and me, and we're old, and you're still young, Kevin. We had BLG at six six eight. Jody was once Bob Cousy from a point guard perspective, but you can do whatever you want against nobody's in the gym. When you get out on an NBA floor, it doesn't matter. And we've seen that year after year after year. Now it's become this cottage industry though. And players are smart, man. They're trying to build their brands and they're trying to put these videos on, on Instagram and all social media, man, fans get fired up about them. Why do they think this stuff matters? I don't know. It's just I try to look at it from their perspective. I think the three of us probably have the uh, kind of the uh, veteran curmudgeon kind of take where we're just like, <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't matter at all. You know, it's no. not live ball reps. It's just window dressing. It really doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I mean, they're in, in the Eagles sense. People are excited, you know, to see Devontae Smith put on a, a helmet and a uniform for the first time to see Jalen Hurts throwing to wide open guys. I don't know. I guess it just gets them excited. You know, I think it's different from the Sixers in the sense where Ben Simmons is hammering home a specific skill that everybody's expecting and knows that is a weakness in his game. And so you're creating this expectation of like, oh, I'm going to do it this year. You know, this is with the video that you're getting. It's the three pointer specifically. Whereas Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith is a relatively clean slate still. So it's just kind of generic highlights. It's not like it'd be different if it was, uh, you know, everybody said that Jalen Hurts can't throw a long ball in year number two. And then he goes out in the summer and we get nothing but clips of him throwing these perfect 50 yard, you know, perfect trajectory balls down the, down the field in uh, Tuscaloosa or something like that. But I don't know. It's a kid. It's a thing that the kids love. And, you know, I hate to say it, but when we do that stuff, on the website, just be like a 30 second video clip of, of them throwing to receivers or throwing to Quez Watkins or whoever. Ton of hits, ton of traffic, like page views. It's the easiest thing ever. You know, here's Jalen Hurts throwing some stuff, dropping the video clip and write a couple sentences, and people love it. People read it. So I, I, <laughs> It's been, you don't have to understand yeah. why, but if, if yeah. the kids like no, it, I got, like yeah, it. I mean, Xander, our, our producer will tell you, I think the biggest video we ever did on the Jacob Media YouTube channel <laughs> was my crappy iPhone practice video from Eagles practice. But people yeah. just click on it. It's Maybe that's the equivalent. Maybe, you know, I mean, like I remember growing up, I had, you know, so, so I'm 36 and we didn't have, like, I didn't have like AOL 3.0 until I was in like junior high. Right. But, you know, we had like posters on the wall. Right. And we watch yeah, like yeah, Stuart, yeah. Stuart Scott and, and Kenny Maine and all those dudes on ESPN every morning. So like, I think the Instagram video clips is kind of like the modern day equivalent of having that poster on the wall of your, your favorite player or whatever, but now it's digital. Right. So it's kind of like a digital expression of what you like and what you're excited for, you know, where, you know, and then you could go deeper into like, you know, the fan tokens and the NFTs and stuff like that, where I think people live in this digital world that we didn't live in back in the day. I don't yeah, think kids yeah. have like a bookshelf like this, yeah. like I do, you know, where you have your collectibles and your tangible items that you can hold and stuff like that. So maybe they place more value in these 30 second video clips than we do. And maybe it's a generational thing and we're just never going to understand it. All right. So let me get this right. You're 36 and mm -hmm. you're an old man. 
So what the hell does that make me? All right, ne- never mind. No, I don't want to do that, man. Right Thank, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Uh, let me add this to the conversation. I think part of the reason why, uh, and Johnny couldn't be more surprised by how many people were uh, uh, actively engaged and uh, positively reviewing the video on Jalen Hurts. I think part of it is Jalen Hurts is a likable guy. Even more so than than Ben Simmons. And yes, some people would get sucked in. Look at Ben making three-point jumpers out there in California. I think that was more optimistic about the Sixers than it was about Ben himself. But I think people really want to see Jalen Hurts come through and get the job done because he's handled himself well. Ben Simmons does from time to time, and he accentuated that by his comment after the Sixers' last loss. It is what is. I am what I am. That's Ben. I think Jalen Hurts would more take it on himself and say, that's my fault. That's my problem. That's my issue. I'm the starting quarterback. Look at me. I'm the bottom line. I just think people want Jalen Hurts to succeed because I think they've formed an opinion on him that he's the kind of guy that you want to root for as the Eagles quarterback. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it resonates more for sure. And he's always been like that too. You know, I mean, Ben played one year in college and then came out and was the number one draft pick. You know, Jalen Hurts lost his job. Uh, at Alabama and then he transferred you know I mean if you want to give the old blue collar Philadelphia cliche he's a guy who's had to work for it and has had to overcome adversity and there's a relatability to that that people see that and they want him to overcome and they want him to be successful so you know it's not like uh, these carefully curated uh, I'm going to shoot a bunch of three-pointers then he comes out and does nothing you know so he's got the benefit of the doubt of people still (laughs) think he's a relatively unknown quantity we don't we don't really know what he is and so I think there's a gravity more towards these these videos that are received well because he presents himself in a certain way that Ben Simmons does not. And Ben, to his credit, I think he's gotten better uh, with his public persona and with the media over the years. I think he was a lot more comfortable this year doing Zoom calls without 50 of us all sort of like on top of him asking him about the jump shot day in and day out and uh, showed a little bit more maturity. But yeah, you know, some of these NBA guys come in, they're highly paid top draft picks. They're surrounded by 12 guys who are all giving them different advice or bad advice or whatever. And I think you know, the humble nature of Jalen Hurts is just something that resonates here and people people like about him. And he also has the uh, the benefit of the doubt of still being a relatively un, a relative unknown here. So I think that's why you get the response you get for that stuff versus what you get with Ben Simmons. Where now with Ben, it's like it the, reminds me of the Carson Wentz thing a little bit in the sense that like you feel like the relationship between the player and the city is ir- irreparably fractured to the point where even if he did come back with a jump shot, it's like, you know, how, how much are people buying that anyway? I think if you did a poll right now asking people if they'd rather have Ben Simmons back or Mark Zumoff back, I think Zoo would win in a landslide. So. <laughs> he should win in a landslide, by the way. <laughs> Can I say uh, something, by the way, John? I've noticed, and this is an observation that I have. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. I've noticed that Philadelphia Eagles beat writers cannot yeah. stand Ben Simmons. Um, no, because I'm one of those guys that people say can't stand Ben Simmons, <laughs> but I think it's ironic because at the time, and you can go back, I was on Atlantic City at the time, and Mike Gill could tell you this, I thought Ben Simmons was going to be the guy. Yeah. I thought because of the way the NBA was going, I, I think a center can't be the centerpiece of a championship team. You need that guy who can close games. You need the wing player, the, the yeah. guy who can create his own offense. I said Ben Simmons is going to be the guy. He's going to be a superstar. So that was me originally, and I was wrong. I was completely wrong. I had to admit on air I'm wrong. 
But now that I admit I'm wrong, the people that didn't hear the first part of it uh, assume I've always hated Ben Simmons. I like the cherry I, pick. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could care less. I, I, I root for every kid to be successful. I just recognized early this isn't going to work. Because yeah. I think people look at this playoff series and say this is new. You go back, Kevin, you go back to Boston, T.J. McConnell – had to take over that team at times. Yeah. Because yeah. then was you you go back to obviously when Jimmy Butler was here, but the Sixers took too long to go to Jimmy Butler. It's happened over and over and over again. So I recognized it early. Now if you're talking about last year, he hates Bed Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Kemsky was tweeting about it. BLG yeah. was tweeting about it. I just found yeah. it curious, you know, because you guys have a different perspective as being media members who have to cover athletes in the same way, but you're observing this specific team from afar, you know, yeah. but I do really yeah. think there are, there were a lot of similarities in the Ben and Carson Wentz thing, just to the fact where, you know, I think a lot of the negative criticism that each guy got respectively was, um, didn't always come from a, from an inherently negative spot. It was like, Hey, we've seen greatness in these guys and we know yeah. that there is more to pull out of them, you know? And I think the frustration comes from the fact that like, you know, they have tool a, B and C, and if they could just add X, Y, and Z, or really just add X, that would be it, you know? So I think that was the frustration in a lot of it. But, uh, you know, again, with Jalen Hurts, I just think there's more of a down-home relatability there that seems to to resonate. And he's got the benefit of the doubt of not being here as long as Ben and not having summer <laughs> yeah. after summer of three-point shots and Instagram videos and things like that. So that that to me, that's how I would parse that, you know? Yeah, right. with Carson, real quick, Jody, before you jump in, with Carson, I feel the same way. Like, I could, it doesn't compute to me how yeah. someone as talented, because I'm not that talented, as talented as Carson Wentz or Ben Simmons can lose utterly their confidence, lose it all. It's yeah. just uh, almost the blink of an eye. So it's tough to understand from an outside perspective. No question yeah. about that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But let me get uh, you looking at Crystal Ball since you brought him up there. Both you guys, Carson Wentz, he is now in Indianapolis. He, unlike Jalen Hurts, who hasn't been officially made the starting quarterback by the coach. Oh, there's no question Frank Reich is named – Carson Wentz is starting quarterback, and that's going to be the case when the Colts open up the season. If they get off to a good start, let's say they're three and one, somewhere thereabout, and Carson is putting up better numbers than he did last year for the Eagles, but not 2017 MVP type numbers, somewhere in the middle there. What's going to be the sentiment here in Philadelphia? What the hell did we do? Why would we even move away? Carson was the man here. Why would we try? Or will it be? That idiot Carson, he screwed us. He got out of time. He never wanted to be here. He stuck it to Philadelphia. Yeah, what yeah. is the general st stance going to be among Philadelphians, that includes media and fans, about Carson Wentz if he gets off to a solid start in Indianapolis? There's going to be revisionist history regardless. You know, there's going to be people saying, I was right, you were wrong. Uh, if he plays poorly, they're going to say the same thing. You know, where it's just we need to go back and relitigate all this stuff that doesn't really need to be that. But that works. It plays well. People like oh, talking yeah. about that stuff. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody's got to say that they were either the first one to do it or they were correct or this person was wrong. And it's just, yeah, I think the more pragmatic side of the Eagles fan base, if there is one, um, would probably <laughs> just come to the conclusion of uh, saying, like, look, it, ran, it, like it ran its course. Like, I think everybody yeah. naturally knows that, like, the player – fan franchise relationship naturally ends and um even if carson goes on to be successful in indy 
it doesn't mean that the Eagles made the wrong move to trade him because naturally that's just, these things yeah. run their course. Like that's the end. Markel Fultz was the same way. You know, Ben Simmons will be the same way. If Ben Simmons is traded to the Trailblazers or something, then he ends up going on to be successful there. You're always going to be able to explain that away as saying, look, that ran its course here in Philadelphia. The goal was always to maximize Joel Embiid's prime. And so those two things were not congruent, those two timelines, you know? And maybe Carson Wentz doesn't improve without the change of scenery. There's no guarantee that he would have been any different coming back this year. So, But to answer the question, Joey, there will be plenty of revisionist history We'll probably do it on our site. People will click on it. I hate the fact that they will click on it, yeah. but they will because yeah. that's just that's just what it is. I mean, superstars garner headlines, and uh, hopefully if the Eagles make enough headlines of their own, then it won't have to lead the site. Maybe it'll be story number two, you know? Yeah, you're exactly right, Kevin. People put things in vacuums. So they say if Carson Wentz goes to Indianapolis and wins a Super Bowl, that doesn't mean it would have happened here. It, yeah. it, it was done here. Same thing with Ben. I hope Ben is successful wherever he ends up. Doesn't mean it was going to work here. Uh, and and I think both cases, uh, that's the way you want to look at it. So I want to circle back to Jalen Hurts, though, because in Jalen Hurts' instance, and I've been asking a, a lot of our guests the same question, he's got a really small path. He's got one year to prove he's going to be the future quarterback of this team. Other than just exploding and doing things none of us expect winning 12 13 games can he win this job or have the eagles already started thinking about with all the draft picks with all the financial flexibility that they're going to be getting back are they already looking at the next quarterback yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts is the guy who's got the right mindset for the approach, you know, whereas I think if, uh, you know, you look at this season as kind of a transitional rebuilding kind of year, then the pressure is not, he's not going to have this this weight of crushing expectations on his shoulders, you know? It's not the same as trading a bunch of picks and going up to number two to get him. Like at the end of the day, he was a second round draft pick and he finds himself in a tenable situation of being the guy uh, in a year where you're basically on a fact-finding mission, you know? So you thrust yourself into the spotlight and you take the opportunity to claim it, but it's not like we're heaping the same expectations on him that we had of Carson Wentz. I don't think what everybody expected of Michael Vick is going to be the same as what's expected of Jalen Hurts. Like, if you gave a, a quarterback the ability to come into a situation and pick whatever they want, you know, they would probably tell you that, this kind of year under a first year head coach, but you've got some weapons. You drafted the Heisman trophy winner. You know, you got some decent ball carriers. I mean, I think situationally it probably works out in the sense that he can thrive. So, I mean, he's in the right headspace, the right mind set to do it. And you're basically just going through this year, trying to figure out what the hell you are, you know? And uh, that's, that's, that's it. You know, KK, uh, the Eagles have, how would I want to describe it? A weird schedule this upcoming year. Um, they played the Cowboys major rival week three of the season. Then the week after you're in Philadelphia, which may even make it worse. Uh, Andy Reid comes in with probably the most talented team in the NFL in the chiefs. The Eagles could get off to a pretty poor start. Uh, let's even give them one and one out of the first two, but they're sitting there one and three cause they lose to the Cowboys and then they get it handed to them by Andy Reid. That's bad. One and three, but mm -hmm. here's the good news. I don't know that anybody in the NFC East is going to be three and one at that stage. 
the last segment of the season, they've got last six games, the five divisional games, and the Jets, which is winnable. I'm a Jet guy, but I know the Jets aren't going to be great this year. They could finish up really strong, but can they dig themselves a hole, not only in the standing, from a perspective, an organizational perspective, and a fan perspective, that they're already dead and buried and gone, and those last six games aren't going to be important. How important is it going to be for everyone to be able to judge the season over 16 full games? Because you really should do that. That's the end of the season. You look at his standings, the end of the season, that's what your record is. It's what you did over those 16 games, not, ooh, great early, lousy late. Ooh, lousy early, great late. It is the 16 games. Will everyone be able to not worry about the fact that it could be a really slow start and a uh, pretty fast finish? I hope so, and I hope that everybody goes into this season with the mindset of you have to have low expectations. It doesn't mean that the season can't be fun, but if you have low expectations or no expectations, you cannot be disappointed. Everybody has to understand that this team is the, is not going to the Super Bowl. This team probably is not going to the playoffs. This is a fact-finding mission. I have a figurative notepad here with 100 questions written down on it. My goal at the end of the season is to answer as many of those questions as possible. And if you can win some games or make a run at the end, that's great too. But to me, that's all extra. I think to answer the question, Jody, every team needs to have that kind of year where you're in between. Nothing's really expected of you, but you do some fun things to get people excited about the future. I don't know if Eagles fans are like that and they can parse it, you know, the vacuum versus the totality of the process, right? But, you know, you go back to like the Sixers 2016-2017 season, to use another basketball comparison here. That was a fun year. Joel Embiid finally got on the floor. TJ McConnell had that shot against the Knicks. And, like, you didn't expect anything from that team this year, but you saw some glimpses of, like, what can they be? And you answered some questions about Joel Embiid and some of the other players on that team. And to me, that's the best mindset to go into it with. You cannot go into this Eagles season thinking, like, record or playoffs or any of that kind of stuff. Take it and put it in the dumpster. It does not matter. You have myriad questions that need to be answered. If you have 100 questions and you can answer 80 of them, to me, that's a successful season. I don't care if they go 0-17, but if they lose each of those games by one point and Jalen Hurts looks great doing it, congrats, you've got your quarterback for the future. So I'm not, I think people got to look at this in a completely different way. I, don't, I think that's probably folly to think that people will do that, but that's my detached... Uh, I'm, I'm you know, going to make one prediction, Kevin. If they go 0-17, Jalen Hurts is not going to be no the quarterback. <laughs> Zero but, chance to yeah. be the quarterback going but I, wanna, yeah. I do want to – last one for me, I want to talk about those expectations. And I want to uh, – not a Mount Rushmore, but I'm going to go the easy yeah. one. But I'm going to – Eagles, Flyers. Eagles aren't ready. Flyers aren't ready. Phillies aren't ready. Sixers probably aren't ready. I'm going to throw the union in there as well. Oh. They're going to disappoint us in the playoffs. But – Who's who's the closest Philadelphia team to to really being a significant contender? Still the Sixers? Oh man, um, I think you would have to say that. Yeah, especially as long as Joel Embiid's here and he's in his prime, that has to be the answer. The Phillies, I don't know what the hell they are. Um, the Flyers, I don't know what they are. The Eagles are rebuilding in a transition year. Um, the union are very solid, but have to prove themselves in the playoffs. But yeah, look, I mean, you're one, 
Ben Simmons trade or one free agent acquisition from everybody being back on the bandwagon, you know? So, I mean, the existing group that they have there, um, I don't know if that says more about the Sixers or just about all the other teams you listed, but yeah, to, <laughs> to answer the question, it would be it would be the Sixers for sure. Yeah, by yeah. far. Yeah. I, I agree that it is the Sixers, and it's kind of like being the tallest midget in the circus. Not that the Sixers are right on the cusp, but in comparison, not good. And by the way, um, I l- love the way you laid it out, uh, Kevin, uh, on, on what expectations should be coming into this season and the way Eagle fans would be best served looking at it. I, I hope you are 100% right. I think you're 100% wrong. That's because, not what the fan base is. I mean, no, I get it. It, they, it, they, never, they, it never has been, and no, it's not going to be this no, year. No, and no. I'll tie it into what we just discussed. Because the Sixers got bounced when they shouldn't have gotten bounced, because the Flyers didn't even make the playoffs, because the Phillies are probably not going to make the playoffs, nobody's going to go, oh, okay, as long as we're exciting, as long as we're fan-friendly. It doesn't matter if we're losing games. We're answering uh, 90 out of the 100 questions that Kevin Kincaid, Kincaid had. That's a good thing. Yeah, we'll just sit here. No. No, because they're looking be for something. Yeah, because they're looking for something now. If this no. team gets yeah. out, who yeah. did we have on Johnny Mac that Adam uh, 0-8? Bob Groats. Bob Groats. You know, a couple of bad breaks. This team could be 0-8. Yeah. They'll, they'll burn the, the stadium down. They go 4-11 and and come back and go 0-8. Yeah. No, the, the niceties that we're trying to portray here. And Birds 365, not happening come October if the Eagles are losing week after week after week. No, I know. I get it. I know that pragmatism doesn't sell in Philadelphia. and It's not a strong suit of our fan base, and it never has been. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, it keeps scrutiny on guys who deserve scrutiny, criticism for people who deserve criticism, and it keeps things kind of hyper-focused on the here and now. You know, it's the what have you done for me lately. You know, it's passe to kind of look at things in totality. But ultimately, that's probably the more logical way to do it. So, you know, it's a difference between emotional responses and the way the Philadelphia sports fans look at things and, uh, you know, the pragmatic kind of detached observer, you know. But uh, look, I mean, I think people just got to understand. I think they'll be better off when they convince themselves that the NFL is not college football. You don't just reload and restock every year. Even the best GMs in the world have drafts that are off. You know, even the best quarterbacks get old and have to switch out. This isn't Bama and Clemson yeah. where you just pull in five-star recruits every year. Like every every natural, you know, epoch of a football team, there's ebbs and flows, right? You know, we said that they were dysfunctional when Chip Kelly was fired. We said they were dysfunctional when Andy Reid was fired. Okay, so what are we talking about? Five-year windows there where they had that transitional rebuilding year. They were pretty good. Two, ten, and six years under Chip. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in year two. So, like, people, if they're smart enough and they want to try pragmatism instead of emotional knee-jerk stuff, it's there. The history is there to say that, like, these are the time periods that cycle through. And we know that year one looks like this, year two looks like this, year three, four, five look like this. So if you want to analyze the patterns in that way, um, maybe give it a try. I don't think that'll play very well, but uh, I'll try it. By the way, Kevin, I love your approach. I think you should – Call up one Novacare way and tell Nick Sirianni, answer these 100 <laughs> questions. I'm serious. I love that approach. Uh, you know, answer these questions and, and then you have a successful season. But you're right. It's not going to play. But is that not what it is? I mean, we, we, yeah. we all got to tell ourselves that like this year ain't it. Like no. we, 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 don't, we don't expect it. And we, we got to be honest with ourselves. Like, yes, it's going to be annoying to sit there with my dad 
on a Sunday afternoon and watch the Eagles get their doors blown off, right? But if I get through the end of the season and I have solid answers to 80 of 100 questions that I've written down, I feel good about what they're going to be, then I'm fine with it because I told myself at the beginning of the year, this ain't it. Like, that's not what it's going to be. So, like, you you have to for your own mental health and for the sake of, like, <laughs> keeping yourself sane, at least be able to have, like, some foresight to kick the can down the road at least one year. Like, we know the NFL, NFL rebuilds don't take three, four, five years. You're not in cap hell for as long as people on Twitter make it sound like. Yeah. You know, so like they could turn the corner with those draft picks very easily in the next year. But like you should try to enjoy it as a fan, not knowing that you're not going to have a soul crushing like pressure on you every win to fe- that you feel bad about a loss. Like try to just take it, take a step back and look at it from a macro perspective and understand that this year nothing's expected of them. But if they do a lot of good things then you feel a lot better about the next year so. All right, macro or micro, uh, emotional or uh, succinct, you'll answer a lot with the answer to this question. The Philadelphia Eagles in 2023, wearing Kelly Green is important or not important? Uh, it's it's the least important thing. Yes. On the I could not. I yes. could not change. He is honest yes. with you, folks. I could yeah. not care any less. Uh, about the Kelly Green. See, here's the thing. I'm gonna age myself again, and I don't. I don't mean this in any kind of disrespectful way. But I think, like, I'm I'm what they call a geriatric millennial. I don't know why they call us that, but like, there's like a group of us who are at the very end of the generation who like exist, who were around when you actually had like landlines and stuff like that, right? So, w- a lot of my generation is- associates Kelly Green with like losing seasons. You know, like no playoff wins. Um, you know, a lack of success, kind of futility and whatnot. And then like when we got a little bit older, when we were teenagers or whatever, 1996, when they made a switch to the midnight green, like, oh, they they started to become really good under Andy Reid and Donovan came in and whatnot. So I don't know if that's fair or not. I don't know if that's reasonable or not, but there's just sort of this emotional disconnect with, with people my age to Kelly Green because it's like, well, they lost a lot of games wearing that color. So I don't know if that's stupid or not, but at the end of the day, I think the players like wearing a bunch of different combinations. I think the variety is good. You know, the one helmet rule is stupid. There's really no reason for it to exist in the first place. And you look at like, they they don't got to be the Oregon Ducks, right? They don't have to have 7,000 different combinations that they're going to wear against Washington State and Washington in back-to-back weeks. But like, yeah, it's different. Why not? I mean, Midnight Green's been around for 20, more than 20 years now. So it doesn't hurt anybody, but in the grand scheme of things, Kelly Green is not that important. It's like the least concerning thing ever. It Again, is the it's the age group that you fall into yeah. will dictate everything. And you <laughs> you have one. John has one. I have one. And that usually decides right. Kelly Green. Uh, you're, you're right on about what did the Eagles do during it? You don't remember good Kelly Green days. whole bunch of people remember Reggie White Kelly Green there days. There were. But that's why they want to yeah. go back to the Kelly But it would be cool. Like, it would be cool to see. Fletcher Cox wear Kelly Green because Reggie wore Kelly Green. Jaws wore Kelly Green. You know, so you make those historic associations and to have like to kind of honor those guys who were good back in the day. Like I get that. Um, like I said, I don't know if it's fair or not. It just exists inherently in me. Like I had this distaste for Kelly Green, and I'm trying. I'm trying to come around <laughs> a little more. By the way, Kevin mentions the stupidity of the one helmet rule. The NFL has a reason for that. The reason for that they claim is safety because they only want to fit the players for one helmet. And if you fit them for more than one helmet, 
it might screw things up and you might have this is a 13 billion dollar industry <laughs> yeah. what worrying about fitting players for more than one helmet so everything that was the reason yeah that's a nothing helmet. answer so i'm glad they look i don't care about kelly green but if they fix a dumb rule in the process and i think we all win don't we yeah or that's as, true as i've heard kevin kincaid or at least i've read kevin kincaid say before uh a nothing burger yes that was a nothing yes. burger yes. Answer. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Goodell. Uh, we never get that from Kincaid when he joins us. KK, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. You know, we've been bunching up, you up again uh, soon enough. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Maybe I'll see you down at uh, Ocean Drive where Jason Kelsey's guest Yeah, I was thinking time. about it, but yeah. I'm already thinking about tapping out. Too much okay. too <laughs> well, maybe next time then. <laughs> KK, thanks. thanks Kevin All Kincaid right, from Crossing Broad here with us on uh, Birch 365. All right, final time out. Come back. I suggest we put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. 
Try it on at GoArmy.com. Macamac guys here on Birds 365 coming to the end of another successful show. Just my opinion. Um, J-Mac, uh, we know that, that Jason Kelsey is going to be down at Jersey Shore today doing some celebrity bartending, raising money for a great cause. Uh, I did not get the official release. I saw it mentioned in somebody's column somewhere. Is Jason going to be down there by himself? Other Eagles, what exactly is uh, <clears throat> today's uh, function going to include? Uh, some teammates are going to be with them. They haven't announced who yet. So it starts at uh, four, four to eight. If you want to go down Ocean Drive in Seattle City, uh, proceeds for the Eagles Autism Foundation. So going to be a couple of Eagles there, celebrity bartending. But uh, the only one confirmed is Jason. Um, and we'll see. Maybe Travis will be back as well. He was seen with Jason uh, down at Seattle. Um before he went down to tight end university, uh, but now he's back. So who knows? Uh, by the way, speaking of tight end university, uh, zero chance Zach Ertz shows up today at the OD? Uh, less than zero. Less How's than- that? <laughs> okay. What's the chance of Jalen Hurts? Right, well, you got to be thinking there might be a 1% chance. 1%. Now my trip might be back on. Who knows? Okay. Uh, I know Jalen Hurts was running a camp down in Alabama this week. Uh, his own individual camp, which hopefully is here in Philadelphia in years to come, but understandable why he's doing it in Alabama this week. A little spit in the eye to Norman, Oklahoma, since he was there last. He's not having his camp there, but that's just me trying to. Could be have been doing educated. it for Devontae, though. So you never know who you know, because Devontae was there as well. So it might have been that type of situation, but. Uh... You know, one thing, Jalen's so You're telling worked. me if the Eagles had drafted someone other than Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts would have had his camp here in Philadelphia this year? No. Okay. Wouldn't okay. have had it in Philadelphia. Would have had it somewhere in Texas or, you know, people like to be in the nice weather, Jody. It's nice weather here. What's but wrong with Philadelphia's weather right now? No, but, you know, people, uh, all these things, you know, Carson used to do it in, uh, well, the first year he did it in North Dakota. Um, nobody showed up. A couple guys showed up. I'm joking. A bunch of guys showed up. Uh, but then he started doing it. He moved to Texas, started doing it there. You know, it's usually Texas. Well, you know how this stuff works. Okay. It's 90% of the time. It's just Texas wondering, Just wondering if Jalen Hurts is back in town, if an Eagle camp might break oh, out. Oh, I'm sure he'll be It back. might break yeah. out on the CIO beach today. They get a videographer out there with a slow yeah. motion camera, and you see Jalen dropping back in that perfect spin, uh, heading toward the Atlantic Ocean. I'm just, just spitballing well, here. Yeah, I'll tell you why you're depressing me, Jody, because now you're, you're, you're putting this doubt in my mind. And I don't want to go down there. And now I think I have to go down there. <laughs> and, and John McMullen's got his uh, phone video rolling, and we can yeah. incorporate that on tomorrow's show. Not happening, McMullen? Uh, I got to go to Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's why you want to be tuned here tomorrow on Birds 365. In addition to the fact that Paul Domowicz is going to join us. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Well, that's the Sean Watson guy's name. will probably come up. Uh, once or twice, will also join us. Be tuned as John McMullen reviews 
his local lows and what he actually is able to inquire to upgrade Shea uh, McMullen. Uh, part good day. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.